This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forrest, the general manager of our Oakland Athletics. David, how are you? What's up, Chris? How you doing? Uh, the start of the postseason. I mean, normally we're used to being in this thing. Uh, obviously <laughs> not. But uh, what is it like for you? How, how, how do you watch the postseason? Well, it it depends on the year. I mean, a, a year like this where we're not in it at all, it actually makes it a little easier to watch. You have a little more time to prepare. I know the last three years once we were knocked out it takes a little while to uh for me to get back to watching it but uh obviously this was a year where we had a little more time to accept the fact that we're not still playing and uh, i've actually watched quite a bit i watched most of the the two wild card games and sitting here watching the white Sox and astros right now so um kind of you know doing my scouting and and Seeing what I can find out about other clubs. Are, are you like me? I'm watching the same game. I'm miserable. I I, I hate. This. <laughs> I just I just I like. I'm like. I'm like. When I hear about Giants Dodgers, I'm like. And I don't mean to be that guy, but it's like I, you know, I joke. I root for injuries. I just I just hate. Like, it's just it's just certain teams I can't stand. This is really tough for us because we're so used to, you know, at least being in it. This is brutal. Yeah, I, I know. I know what you mean. And I, there, are, there are certain teams or certain players. I, you know, we can't help but feel that way about. And and yeah, there, there are some times where I definitely have that. But um, like I said, we, you know, we've known now for a little while that we weren't going to be playing, and, and we sort of shifted our focus to the off season of next year. So, it's, it's, you know, the games are on in the background. They're, you know, I don't have to have a, a real strong rooting interest one way or another, though. Uh, I kind of wish that Grandall line drive got over Tucker's head there, but, um, <laughs> but not not to reveal my rooting interest in this series. But um, no, but you know, I, I actually I actually don't mind watching right now. But I, like I said, I totally get feeling that way, and I'm sure there are a lot of East fans out there feel the same way too. They, as far as they're concerned, the baseball season ended on Sunday, and they can't understand why there's still games on their TV. All right, so for us, San Jose State Spartans. Fresno State is the worst rival. We can't stand them. I even told my kids, if you go to Fresno State, I will not pay for that education. <laughs> you go anywhere else. So for Harvard, I'm, I'm glad to see you. Glad to see you've grown up since college. So. <laughs> you have no idea what I did on Valentine's Day back in the day pitching at at, at Fresno State. So for Harvard, <laughs> is it Yale? Is your your biggest rival? It is. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, although it's complicated somewhat by the fact that my my brother-in-law and sister-in-law both went there. So Ooh. there's uh you know there's a, a long-standing uh, text rivalry, but uh, yes, but our Fresno State is Yale. And that to me is 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 the Astros. Like I can't get over it. Like I, 
I, I, I don't know how to get over. Like I, I just, it, it, it is what it is. So uh, I'm rooting for our old yeah, friend. It, it is. It is. Yeah, I, I think most, most of us and, and certainly A's fans feel that way about the Astros considering the last four or five years going head to head, but you know, it wasn't always that way. I'm sure at the time people felt that way about the angels or, or even the Mariners. So it, it, it shifts for us. And, and look, everybody feels that way about the giants I'm guessing. So, uh, Hey, that's, you know, that's part of the game. It's nice to have people to root against. You know, when I think about what you guys did this year to help this team, and, you know, I mentioned that uh, last week when we knew we were going to talk to you. Just just take us through what, what that trading deadline was like. And, and you, you clearly went out and helped this ball club as much as you could help them. But you were, you were going up against a bunch of different buyers. Remember we joked about arms instead of Home Depot, Arms Depot. Everybody's looking <laughs> for pitching. Everybody just, just take us through what that was like in your career. Yeah, it was, I mean, look, looking back on it, I think we're, we're really proud of the work that our group did at the deadline. Uh, obviously, you know, everything this season, you know, leads up to the point where we, we just couldn't quite get over that hump. But, but when you sort of step back and, and look at the, the process and the work that went into the deadline and, and landing, landing those four guys, you know, and all four of them, Starling, Josh, Gomes, Chafin, like, all those guys were so critical in keeping us in it up until the last three days of the season. And it's hard to imagine where we really would have been in August and September without them. So, uh, you know, mostly you feel like um, our baseball ops group, our analysts are, you know, like all the guys getting information for me and Dan and Billy to try and make deals that did such a great job. And, um, you know, it just, it just wasn't quite enough to get over the hump, but yeah, I mean, you, you, we talked about it in, in July. You're, you're up against, you know, 12, 15 other teams who were buyers, teams with, you know, more money to spend on contracts. And uh, at this point in our sort of cycle, probably, you know, more prospects to move. And we had to, you know, we had to battle against that. And I think all things considered, I think uh, the four guys we brought you know, couldn't have been more impactful. What was that like when there's so much wheeling and dealing going on? You have a true hard deadline. I mean, obviously you're on the phone, Dan's on the phone, Billy's. I mean, everybody's on the you know, Billy Owen. Everybody's on the phone. Just take us through that process. What that was like because players were flying all over the board. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that last morning was was pretty chaotic. It's it's a lot of fun to be honest. I mean, I think those are kind of the days you you look forward to i mean there's a lot of stress built in but it's also fun to to try and execute and make those deals and it's a little bit like cool like the first round or two of the draft it's a you know a little bit like the the off season you know there are times when there you know there's momentum for deals and and that's kind of the the exciting part of the job so it was i mean i had you know looking back on that that morning of the i think it was a friday morning the 30th Looking back, you know, I'm on the phone. Texts are coming in from other GMs, from from Billy. What you know, his update from his end. You know, I think, you know, he dealt with he dealt with Mike Rizzo and the Nationals making the the deal for Gomes and Harrison. I you know I had made the deal with Kim Ng before that, trying to you know getting the Cubs deal done, dealing with Jed, Dan's dealing with other clubs. There, you know, there were a number of deals that we talked about that didn't get done, but you're you're certainly multitasking and, and trying to fit all the pieces together. Years ago, 
I'm in the F lot at the Coliseum talking to Billy. And I had my twins in the car at the time, and they were they were really young. And just the just the thought of Billy talking about, do you realize how hard this job is? And I have so much respect for you and what you've done in your career, because I've watched you grow in your career. We've all grown, by the way, in our careers together. Mm-hmm. Um, but people I don't think realize how to, to be the GM of the Oakland Athletics and to get things done and to win, because you never punt. That's something I, I respect so much about you is you're never going to punt. You're always about winning. And how do we, you know, we may give up some guys, but you know what? We're trying to win today. Just just talk about as a professional executive, this isn't an easy job, but you're always about winning. Well, I appreciate the, the kind words, Chris. Yeah, it's, um, you know, some years are, are more fun than others. Some years there's more success, but it's always, it's always a fun challenge. It's always exciting to be involved, you know, working with a, a great group. And I mean, that's the thing about, about being with the A's and you, you look at the people that, that surround me and Billy. And I, I already mentioned Dan a couple of times, you know, there's no one I'd, I'd rather have, you know, working here, but you know, Ed Sprague, Eric Kubota, Billy Owens, Keith Lippman, uh, all these people who've been here and are so critical in, in what we do. Um, and then the group, you know, the group we have here in Oakland, which has kind of been one of the harder parts of the last two years and not being in the office and not getting sort of that, that camaraderie and that team feeling of being around our baseball operations group on a day-to-day basis and having to do this job remotely has been, has been different, but it's, um, it's been a lot of fun and, and trying to win every year is like you said, it's what we've always been about. And it's what Billy taught me when I started here and, we make the most of what we have and try and put the best product on the field. So I don't think we just don't know any other way to do it. And, and some years are better than others. Some years we come up short, um, but the challenge is always there. And it always, it makes this time of year exciting when you go into the off season and, and hopefully have some, something to work with. You know, right now we've got a great, great foundation of players and a good core and, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what this looks like when we get, back to phoenix in february but there's always there's always opportunity out there yeah you think about the relationships in this organization and obviously steve vucinich who's leaving us and you know going out uh on his own after 54 years and truly one of the greatest a's of all time and it's going to be a hall of famer then i think of mickey morbido and i think about these people that have been in our lives for all these years just talk about as the head of an organization Mm -hmm what it's like, these relationships. We think Pam Pitts, you think of the people that have been here for so long. It, it, it really is unique in professional sports. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I think you look at the tenure of a number of people around here, and I think it's, it's something that doesn't exist in, in the majority of places. And, and we were reminded a lot this season, of, you know, with Bruce's sort of uh, – victory lap i think billy called it vusa palooza the last few weeks because there was there was so much boost content out there but you're again you're reminded of sort of the roots of the the people in this organization and and as many times as i've heard a lot of Vusa's stories you just you still sort of sit back in awe and, and think about the things that he has seen in that clubhouse and i know that picture of him and joe dimaggio was out there a lot the last couple of weeks but 
I mean, think about that. Like this guy was here when Joe DiMaggio was a coach for, for the A's. <laughs> Colonel Sanders um, from KFC. I know. And, from, and you know, and and the, the Billy Martin years, and you know, and Tony managing, and then all all the different eras that he's seen. Everything that sort of defines. Oakland A's baseball and all the things that we, you know, we talk about and, and aspire to. So it, it, it was a lot of fun to be around. Uh, luckily, Boost is going to hang out through next spring training. So we haven't totally gotten rid of him yet, but it's, it's been fun to sort of be along for the ride the last few weeks as everybody got a chance to celebrate him. You know, one of the last home games when Mickey uh, Morbido came up to my booth and, and we were hanging out, I'm like, what is this organization going to do without Mickey Morbido? How, how, do you, how do you replace somebody like that? I hope I hope we don't have to think about it for a while because I, I know you talk about him a lot. I don't know if if fans have a, a great appreciation for everything that Mickey does and makes makes literally makes the trains and planes run on time. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, just emailing with him today about flights for players' doctor visits and and off season stuff and just the constant. Uh, logistical battle that Mickey's up against. I, I don't want to have to think about a time when we don't have Mick around. You know, when I, when, when I think about this off season, I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked to you about, you know, COVID and, and, and by the way, how, 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 I know it's uncomfortable, but did, how did that work out between Reno and, and Vegas in the very end? Is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was a kind of a bummer for Vegas to, to end there season missing basically an entire series it was it was a number of positive cases within the reno team um and and as far as i know you know everybody came out of it okay but uh there just wasn't enough time to to play those games but um yeah i talked to fran reardon the other day on his way back to to buffalo and he he said it was kind of a bummer but um but ultimately you know we, we got to the end of the minor league season which was which was what was important to get those guys a full year yeah, that's something, you know, because I, I do the minor league report in every broadcast and all of a sudden they were the last team and we have canceled games and it, it got me worried. And it, and, it, and it takes me back really to this, David, the fact that what you and your staff did, and I know there was the problem down at, at, in Arizona, just and, and you mentioned it uh, on this show before how every every conversation comes back to COVID, just what you've been through in your career. And really your job was to keep all of us healthy, whether it's players, whether it's people in the, you know, I mean, you, Dave Cavill and everybody, it's like, we want to keep everybody healthy and we want to make sure everybody's safe and all the fans. This has been a really, I can't even imagine in your career, you've had a long career. I just, there, there's been nothing like this and, and it's not over. No. Yeah, no, you're right. This is this has been different from anything we've dealt with, and I and I, you know, I think Nick Paparesta got a lot of attention, deservedly so, around uh, around Chris Bassett's injury and and how well he handled that, and and the whole medical team. But um, but the stress and the the work those guys have done over the last two years, um, you know, Jeff Collins, Brian Schulman, our other athletic trainers, our, our medical doctors really everybody that, that has had to uh, adhere to the protocols has had to, you know, push the players and staff to do the same. And it's been, it's been a long couple of years for, for the athletic trainers and the medical staff, again, who also didn't sign up uh, to contain a deadly virus in the, in their jobs. So, 
um, we'll see where where we are come February. And and luckily, you know, vaccinations have have really made a huge difference with certainly in every clubhouse and, and throughout the game. And, and I saw saw a media report yesterday that they're talking about mandatory vaccinations for minor leaguers going into next year, which hopefully will will take care of a lot of issues that, that teams have had down there. And, and I think, you know, look, I think we're close to being able to operate as, you know, as close to normal as you can uh, with, with knowing that, that COVID is out there. You know, when I think about this offseason and signing players, uh, obviously we just had Mike Petriello on from MLB.com and MLB Network and talking about, you know, the CBA coming up. Um, the rules, like how big is your – how big is the roster going to be and how do you operate? Is there a floor? Is there a ceiling? There's, there's a lot of different things out there just for you as someone who's got to, in the end, your job is to put guys on the roster and your job is to win. Just how tough is this? Do you think it's going to be for you in the off season when you, you clearly, as of right now, you don't know what the rules are going to be. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know a lot of things. I mean, un- uncertainty is a little bit of our brand here, so it's not. It's not different from necessarily any other off season, but this is a little different with a, a potentially expiring CBA, and you know, both sides talking about making a lot of changes. So I, I think there's there's going to be a certain amount of, of wait and see for every organization for the next couple of months, and I, I'm, you know, we're all optimistic and hopeful that that things get done sooner rather than later but um but yeah whether it's roster rules economic rules what you know whatever the changes are that are coming i think we do need to we need we do need to wait around a little bit and see uh how it affects how it affects our off season and, and what we're able to do how about the national league guys who it's like are we going to have a DH? Are we not going to have a DH? Yeah. <laughs> They've been thrown this curveball that's like, I can't even imagine what it being an executive for a National League team would be like. No, it's brutal. And I, I think I've been pretty uh, open about my feelings on about pitchers hitting on this show, at least. And um, So, yeah, add that to you, you don't know if you're going to have a DH. That's, that is rough. You know, they dealt with that a little bit last offseason when there was a lot of a lot of media talk about the DH going away. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't envy them having to wait and wait and see what the decision is on that. So in the end for David Forrest, what's it like for you in the off season? I know you got kids and you got soccer and you got stuff going on, but, uh, what's the main thing for you in the off season now that we're not playing anymore? Well, I think just like just like we deal with during the season, I think there are phases of the off season, and you you kind of get used to the the cycle of the year. I think you know October when you're not playing is a lot of personnel issues, staff, coaches, things like that to deal with, and then you you move on to free agency and the tender date. There's arbitration. It's you know it's kind of nice the the predictability of the off season. You know exactly what you're going to be dealing with and, and when, obviously, you know, the CBA notwithstanding. So I, I think we all kind of appreciate that schedule. You've got your little more nine to five, you're home at a normal time, spending, spending some time with the family, having dinners at home instead of at the ballpark. So you look forward to that part of it. But, but ultimately, we're all still looking at the calendar, trying to figure out what day we get to fly to, to Arizona and, and get started all over again. Let's end on this. Starling Marte is somebody I get a lot of phone calls on. 
And I think he's a really interesting case because he's, I believe he turns 33 this week. We know what the market is for people who are in their 30s. It has changed. We know what he did for the A's and what he brought to this ball club, the energy and everything that he brought. What do you think the negotiations will be like with Starling and, and how interest are you, interested are you on bringing him back for, for next season? Well, I, I'd, I'd be crazy to not, not to want to bring him back. I mean, yes, he is turning 33 maybe tomorrow, actually. I'll yeah. have to send him a happy birthday text. Thanks for the reminder. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd be crazy not to want this guy at the top of your lineup every day or, and playing in center field. And, and, you know, Billy made the point when we talked to the media earlier in the week that um, we, knew he was, we knew he was good. We knew he was going to impact our team. But until you see him every day and see the way he disrupts other pitchers and just, just as like, you, you have no idea how great a player he is. So I'd be crazy not to want him back. Um, we'll, you know, we'll start that conversation and, and see where it goes. I, I'm not sure that this is your typical 33 year old when it comes to free agency. We saw, you know, we saw how he takes care of his body. We saw the way he still runs. And there are, there are some unicorns out there that don't, uh, that, that the, the usual rules of aging don't apply to them. Well, I'll tell you this. There's a there's there's a lot of rumors out there. I don't buy them. I mean, my joke is uh, I always say I believe everything I read on the internet, but I I think there is something really special when it comes to continuity, when it comes to leadership, it comes from the voice, and it comes to winning. When I think about you, and I think about Billy, and I think about Bob. There is something special that we have here in Oakland. I mentioned it earlier about the hurdles are they're huge hurdles, but somehow you guys, after all these years, have figured out. I mean, you had a good season. You won 86 games. You had a winning year. But I, I don't want to see anybody leave. And I don't know how long we can <laughs> keep the band together. But I just think between you, Billy, Bob, we got something really special here, and I don't want to see it go. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I agree with you 100%. I don't want to see anybody go either. So uh, hopefully, yeah, we're sitting here in spring training with, with the band still together and, and making another run at it. And by the way, you better not go. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, you better not go. That's nice of you. I'll, I'll still call in if I do. How about that? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't, you know, because I think, you know, because in the end, we understand how this works and what you guys have been able to do. But be well, be safe, and we'll talk soon. Thanks very much, Chris. Talk to you soon. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.